Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey everyone, welcome to this Sing Second Sports Podcast, your weekly podcast about Navy sports and the Naval Academy physical mission. I am your host, John Schofield. And if you are just joining us for season three, we'll do quick intros just as a reminder. Um, I was a former seamanship and navigation instructor at Navy from 2000 to 2003, uh, where I also served as a women's soccer O-Rep. I was the Naval Academy public affairs officer from 2013 to 2016 retired from the Navy in 2017, and I reside in Annapolis. Chris Cervello is our producer bull, as we call him, as a member of the class of 1999. Chris retired from the Navy in 2019 and resides in sunny Palm Coast, Florida. We also are joined on this podcast by Bill Wagner, with over 30 years of experience writing about Navy sports and Anne Arundel County sports. Wags is quite simply the most formidable sports figure in Annapolis when it comes to journalism. Please follow him on Twitter. Please read his stuff on Capital Gazette. He is a sports genius, particularly about Navy football and all Navy sports. And Ward Carroll, proud member of the class of 1982, recent new grandfather. Congrats to him. Ward will be joining us from time to time throughout the season while he is not manning the sticks on the sidelines of Navy Marine Corps Stadium. So ladies and gentlemen, today is Friday, August 19th, and welcome to pod one of season three. Speaking of those sponsors, episode one of season three today is sponsored by Scott Shooter Realty of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Check out Scott's listings at www.scottshooter.com. Shooter is spelled S-C-H-U-E-T-T-E-R. Scott is a Naval Academy graduate of the class of 2000. He was a Naval aviator in the E2C Hawkeye platform and came back to the Naval Academy as a leadership professor and golf team OREP from 2005 to 2008. Since getting out of the Navy in 2008, all he's done is close more than $350 million of real estate transactions. He has also been named Best of Annapolis Magazine's Best of Realtors five years in a row. And he's a great friend of the pod for your real estate needs. Contact Scott Shooter. So Chris Cervello is joining me today, and today's podcast will serve as our Naval Academy soccer preview show featuring exclusive interviews with women's coach Karen Gabera and men's coach Tim O'Donoghue. So Chris, let's jump right into this dealio. When the sweet dulcet tones of Joe Miller start filling the waves on ESPN Plus and the brigade reforms, you know it's time for sports to return, and traditionally that has meant Navy women's soccer. And last night, they took the stage in the first competitive matchup for all Naval Academy athletics in the 2022-23 season. It was a gorgeous night, and a lot of the mids came out to Glenn Warner to watch the women dispatch the Citadel 2-0. Navy got first career goals from Sophie Ewing from Salt Lake City, Utah. Shout out. And Mimi Abisham, uh, freshman Mimi Abisham, and a staunch defensive effort by goalkeeper Maddie Gallagher. 
and her backfield mates. As we mentioned on Twitter and Instagram last night, Citadel did not come in afraid. They pushed the pace. They pressed. And the mids, you know, were, were on their back foot for a great deal of the first half. The Citadel getting off 12 shots overall in the match, securing nine corners. Uh, three of those shots from the Citadel required really good saves by Gallagher. But the aforementioned back line, Tatum Kelly, Chloe Dawson, Cassidy Borden, and Kiefer Williamson stood up to the charge. Chris, you were watching it over. Uh, you were watching the game. I'll shoot it over to you for your quick take. But for me, I really thought that the midfield was where I wanted to see where the changes were. Like Vicky Tran seemed to have been in that center mid spot forever. She's graduated. It appeared that juniors Katie Herman and Jenna Daunt slid into that central midfield role um, while the you know, uh, Ewing, who scored a goal, served a bit more in that like attacking midfield role, um, supporting Riddle and Graziano up front. Um, so from your perspective, watching the game, how did you feel they, they got out of the gate? I thought that got out a little slow. Now, that's to be expected. It was game one. Um, you, you know, I don't know that they were ever in trouble. Um, maybe it's because I guess the bar was pretty low for me for the Citadel. Um, as we, as you had alluded in your uh, Instagram preview, um, I, I thought we'd be up like four, nothing in, in the first half. And, you, you know, she'd play a lot of underclassmen uh, in, in the second half, but that, that really wasn't the case. I mean, I, I think, you know, Karen got to play the people that she wanted to play. Um, but I mean, it, it was a closer game than I thought it would be. So I guess at the, you know, at the end of the night, I kind of chalked it up to, Hey, that's game one. It's in the books. A win is a win. Um, and they're, they're on other things. I, I think they're right where they want to be starting the season. One of those freshmen who got time up front. Um, not that Alexa Riddle is really worried about, uh, her position as the, uh, primary attacker. She looked super duper fast last night, by the way, but one of those newcomers, uh, who will see some time up front and saw some time up front was freshman Marley Heaven from uh, Rockville, Maryland. Uh, she looked, as I put in one of my tweets, she looked like she could really be a difference maker, has some size, kind of lanky and athletic. Um, excited to see what these freshmen can do, particularly up front, uh, to assist uh, Riddle and Graziano. Graziano, by the way, as I told Chris last night, really looks fitter, really looks more explosive, Excited to see what she has to bring this year. Uh, well, this is a perfect time to hit our interviews. This past segment was sponsored by our friends at Pro MD Health in Annapolis and Baltimore. Chris, you and I know that getting old sucks. We start incessantly retrieving golf balls from water hazards and complaining about the temperature of our food and restaurants. But while our handicaps are going down and our aches and pains are going up, we might as well look good while doing it because life is too short. Dr. George Gabrilla and his team at ProMD Health are committed to achieving long-lasting, natural-looking results for all their patients. ProMD Health touts the most cutting-edge, non-evasive, anti-aging techniques using the best quality products. Please contact ProMD Health at 443-333-4940 for the Annapolis office and tell them Sing Second Sports sent you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Six Second Sports Podcast. We are talking to Coach Tim O'Donohue. Uh, men's soccer also kicking off the season here in 2022. As we said 
on pod zero. Men's and women's soccer kicks everything off, and then volleyball, and then, uh-oh, here comes Delaware, and football season is upon us. But as a soccer fan, I am very loyal to uh, the soccer scenario out here. So, Coach, number one, you know, welcome back for now. This is your what year as the coach? Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone by quick. So seventh year, obviously we had the shortened COVID year, um, year five. So yeah, I guess I'm getting into that almost veteran. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we love Annapolis and I'm, I'm very thankful to be here. So walk me through what your 2022 season looks like. You're losing, I don't know, a small number seven draft pick for the New York Red Bulls in Matt Nosita. Um, but you're also bringing back a lot of talent. What are your expectations based on the losses, but then also on some of the plebe gains? Yeah, we've had we have we had a good spring last year. We tied West Virginia. We beat American. We went to Scotland. Had three good games um, and had a had a you know we had a really good spring. I think we've got a good group. This is a team a bit in transition, probably for the first time in a couple of years, right? Because when you know, Nosita and Collins started 80 games for us. Jacob Williams started 80 games. You know, we had a player, uh, who uh, Sid Paris, who um, left, went to transfer to Wake. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit, it's a team in transition, but it's a team I like a lot. It might be, it might take a little bit of time to get situated in the beginning, particularly defensively. But I like the team. I think we're, you know, we've recruited well, so I think we've got good continuity, and I think I think we're going to be good. You're coming off of the end of plebe summer. Catch us up with your recruiting class. Uh, how many are you adding to the roster, and what are some of the names that might actually get playing time that we didn't see playing last year? Yeah, we've we've brought in eight. Um, we lost a guy late that signed a pro contract. You know, which which happens kind of in soccer sometimes with these MLS two teams. Um, but, you know, one of the names you might see is, is Jalen Grant, who did a post-grad year at uh, Hill and 6'6 center back, similar to Tyler Collins. And kind of the, the physical, you know, Tyler, I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid, Tyler and Matt, you know, big body, athletic, good feet. But with that position, it's like being a quarterback, right? There's a lot of decision-making and it's it's a position that takes time, but I think he's a player that you're going to see a lot. Um, AJ Schatz was, I think, that I don't know if he's Virginia Player of the Year as a forward, but he's had a really good preseason um, and, and a talented player. Um, we have a, a freshman will probably start, might be the only freshman to start. Um, Tommy Lockhart again, he took a gap year because he had he had an ACL a couple years ago. Um, and Tommy from Colorado, a really good player, um, central player, similar to Quelio and David Jackson, that type of uh, central player. Just he, you know, he's a good player. Plus, he's a year older, so we got a good group. And and our, you know, we've got a good group of returners. And you know, I, I feel I feel good about the group, but it's it's a it's a bit of a different season for us. Where I was just kind of, I was just talking to one of my colleagues that you know the last couple of years. We've had this, you know, our, that group that we've built around that have been with us. So we got a few things to figure out to hone, and we got to continue to get better defensively. A lot of the goal scoring, or at least the excitement for last year, was provided by Baba Cali. Mm-hmm. 
you know, who do, who do you expect to fill that role? It could be Baba again. It could be, you know, a name that we're not uh, expecting. You know, what what are you what what are you thinking in terms of goal scoring this year? Yeah. So you know, Baba comes back. He he had shoulder surgery in uh, after the season last year, so he was out in the spring. So Baba, we're working him back. Um, Jason Ayamo, um, who very talented. I think Jason has the ability to get six or seven goals. David Jackson had six goals last year. He was He's the preseason midfielder of the year. Um, you know, four or five of those were on pens, right, on penalty kicks, but I think he can also, I think he can get a few more just with late runs. Um, Waza Robbins was our leading goal scorer, a freshman in the spring. Um, played for, played for uh, you know, Atlanta United, uh, excellent player. Um, and, you know, we have A.J. Schatz, a freshman. We have Kevin Hyland who's coming back. So I think the way we play, right, we, we, try to, we try to possess, we try to press that. I think the game, not just with us, has evolved. That it, It's not like it was five, six years ago where, okay, you have one forward, bangs in 12, 13 goals, and then a couple penalties. The way the game is played now, and I think the way we want to play is, we possess, we're, 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 we're getting in the final third, and we have a balanced attack. And I think that's what you saw last year. Some set-piece goals with, with Charlie Creel come back. Charlie Creel's come back as a, it was a freshman master, had three set-piece goals. Um, and uh, Christian Coelho, one of our you know, phenomenal player, our, won our coaches award last year, has started the last 40 games, You know, had three or four goals, I think three goals at the end of the season, maybe two. But I think we'll have a balanced attack, and, and of course, we'll see who we'll see what emerges. You know, that's 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 the story is yet to unfold, right? <laughs> well, we always like to say that the Patriot League should go through Annapolis, but you know, if it doesn't go through Annapolis this year, you know, what what games are you circling on the calendar? What what are going to be the tough Patriot League matchups for you this year? Uh, what team is really going to give you the most problems? Yeah, I think the the Patriot League in so- men's soccer is a very balanced league. I think it's I think it's a good league with a lot of those schools pay attention to men's soccer. Men's soccer is one of the top sports at those schools where they there's certain sports they emphasize, certain sports that are good. Men's soccer happens to be one of them, I think, in the league. Um, Loyola has been the last couple of years the most talented group. I think I don't think that's going to change. I think American has been our nemesis the last couple of years. We lost to American, you know, last year in the semifinals. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, they've kind of been our nemesis that we, you know, we're, we're really looking at that game that's home. And then, you know, Lehigh won the league two years ago that Lafayette has been good. So, I mean, the thing about the league is that they could pick someone ninth and then they're in the final. So you have a lot of parity and, you know, you have to take every game seriously and that's, you could you could focus on one game and then another team emerges, so you know, it's it's an old adage with coaches, but you, you can't really go too much further, and obviously not even of course Army, but you can't look too much further than your first two or three games of the schedule, or or you get lost, right? If you if you if you look too far ahead. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of games on the schedule that I know I'm looking forward to, particularly the doubleheader on the 28th, where I think the men kick off at 5, and then the women host Maryland at 8 uh, here at Glen Warner. But when is the first game? You know, you, I know there are like four exhibitions as yeah. you start off the year, but when's the first chance that uh, fans can come into Annapolis and look you, look at hopefully getting uh, one in the win column? Yeah, we open up, and we're looking forward to, ha- we had a, we've had a, looking forward to having a great crowd August 25th. 
um, we play uh, St. Joe's, right? And we have five games in a row at home. How we did that, I'm not sure, right? So, <laughs> but we, we kind of worked out and with kind of some of the scheduling with COVID and teams that owe us in our tournament. So we're excited. And part of that is we have a young team and I thought it was, I thought it would, it would be good for us as a group to this year um, to be home for a few games. And next year with a little more of a veteran group, maybe we'll go away a little more early. So you have a five in a row. We got St. Joe's, Fairfield, FDU, um, St. Joe's of, of Brooklyn, who's historically been very good. And then uh, George Washington at home. We have Villanova away this year. Um, and then, you know, Patriot, Patriot League, obviously, uh, Army. We got Loyola home this year, American home. So it's a, it's a good schedule. Ten home games, seven away, neutral with Army-Navy. So I think it sets up well for us. And, you know, I, I think we got a team that people enjoy watching. So last question before we go out. Speaking of really cool home schedules, you got to host Arsenal here last month uh, as they were playing as part of the uh, the summer friendly series. What was it like having M- Mikel Arteta's team running around here, you know, and, and what interactions did your players get if any of them were around and not out on summer training with some of the best soccer players in the world? Yeah, I think it's, imp- you know, we did that, the promoter, I, I know pretty well and they, they and a shout out to kind of Eric Rudin and, and Brian Broder who kind of last minute helped us make it happen. Um, and I, I think that the important thing for that, of course, is fun for the players but we had a national team here a couple of years ago in Arsenal. I, I think it's great for our coaching staff to watch them train the professionalism, the organization, how they film, the GPS is, right, how they work with the back four. So you're getting to watch them for two or three days is, is priceless. Um, and second, from a branding standpoint, I mean, they tweeted something out. They had 18 million followers with Navy soccer there. So from a recruiting standpoint, that's why I, I always think about stuff like that. Right, every recruit I talk to, hey, Arsenal was there, and they see our field, and you see million dollar players playing. So from that standpoint, it's 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 so good for Navy soccer, our program, and I'd, I'd like to think the Naval Academy because it's a worldwide game. But thirdly, just for 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 the experiences of players, our captain JD Wagner is a massive Arsenal fan. He's here walking the players around. Bob Akley, we had about ten players here. Tyler Collins, who just graduated, is a massive Arsenal fan. He's here. So it's a reward to the players to kind of have something fun. Um, but for me, it's it's the reason we do stuff like that, and I try to do stuff like that. People are like, oh, it's fun. Yes, it's fun for the players. But for me, it's it's professional, right? It's professional development that I get to, to rub elbows with, with the guys and watch and learn Um how, you know, tactically, you're getting to watch things up close, things that you wouldn't normally be able to see. Um, and I, I think second, again, you're, you're trying to say, hey, to, to recruit something, like, listen, this is the best facility in the country. And, and it is. Like, I mean, if you look at Arsenal's here at our field, and these guys are like, wow, this is incredible. What a setting on the water. The Naval Academy is so beautiful. And I think it just... My message to the players is we and the coaches we should be very lucky to be here. We're very fortunate to be here. We have we have one of the best teams in the world coming and saying, "Holy cow! What an amazing um, place you guys have here!" And uh, so those are all my motivations and the why we do that. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I I'll tell you what. 
what better place to leave it than that? Uh, Coach Tim O'Donohue, come on out here, 5 p.m. August 25th, as the Hawk will never die, will show up, play men's soccer at 5, and then Maryland comes in at 8 p.m. to play Karen Gabera and Navy women's soccer, 8 p.m. That is on August 25th. Coach, thank you so much for your time. We'll be out here and we'll be covering you all year. Go Navy. All right, thanks for all you do. I love having a soccer fan on uh, Sing Second. Thank you again. We'll be bringing you updates throughout the year. But for now, we're going to go to break. This is Sing Second Sports. Stick with us. All right, Navy fans, new season of Sing Second Sports, new set of promo reads from your Naval Academy Athletic Association. And the first one is probably the most exciting. Join us for what will be another great football season at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. The Navy football season kicks off September 3rd, as we uh, talked about in the open, against Delaware. That game begins at noon. And for tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. We hope to see you there. Now back to the pod. Now here's our interview with Karen Gabera. This interview is sponsored by our friends at New Day Mortgage. New Day USA is building our nation's leading VA mortgage company, serving America's veterans and their families to help veterans like you and me and Chris and Ward for that matter, the financial security and peace of mind that we deserve. New Day is a nationwide mortgage company for veterans. Since the beginning, they've sought to give servicemen and women a different kind of financial experience. Please contact New Day USA at 1-800-405-4187 to get started. And here's our interview with Karen Gabera. Kind of cool this week. We are doing our first sets of season three interviews in person. We're here at Glen Warner. We are really, really happy to be joined by Karen Gabera. Uh, Karen, what year is this for your for your head coaching career here? This will be my 30th season at the helm of Navy Women's Soccer. I'm super excited because everyone's been totally different and um, I've loved every minute of it. 30 years, you, Strass is an SID, WAG's at the uh, Capitol. It's all... Uh, it's all a reminder of the uh, of the long tenure here. So walk us through what's going to happen here in the 2022-2023 season. This is a replay or like a comeback game for the uh, game you went down to South Carolina, I think right before COVID, played the Citadel down there. Now the Citadel comes up here to open up the 22 season. Uh, how's that game going to go and what are your expectations for the entire year? Well, uh, John, it, it's funny. We're, you know, pretty consistent in our goals year in and year out. You know, we want to win a Patriot League championship. We want to go to NCAAs. Um, obviously, Beat Army is is its own entity at the Naval Academy, and we do that not just for the school, but for Marine Corps and Navy officers all over the world, and um, those are all super important to us, and we have a lot of smaller goals. Uh, but the thing I like best about this job and coaching at Navy is every season's totally different. Um, you know, our team culture is is pretty consistent and you know we have a lot of different things that we teach the players leadership and character wise that we that are inherent and we expect um, but our leaders have different personalities and um, our senior class is always our leadership group uh, we train them a little bit in the spring and let them step up and learn um, how they want to do it and how what their leadership skills are and how they want to create um, their bond but every season is kind of a little microcosm of the leadership group and how they lead and what they bring to the group. So we're in a really good spot because um, COVID, of course, was one of the hardest times, most trying times 
not just to Division One sports, but to everyone everywhere all over the world. Um, but we learned some valuable lessons from it at the same time. You know, everyone, you hear the word Zoom meeting now, and, and, and you cringe a bit, but uh, we learned how to connect more. We learned how to stay more together as a team and a unit when we're not together. We learned to build authentic relationships and meet more. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in uh, you have to walk in someone's shoes to really know them. So we've added little parts to the way our leadership group acts so that they're all very close. So our team is very close, our culture is very good, but at the same time we brought back this competitive edge that was missing for a bit because, you know, COVID was COVID, right? And, and there were some trying times in there with players being in and out and different uh, quarantines and such. So now the competitive piece is back and our preseason was difficult and we pushed them physically and mentally and we brought a lot out of them. So our goals are going to stay the same. Um, but I'm super excited to see what we put on the field, right? Because we integrate our, our, our new freshmen, our plebes, and um, we see what the leadership group brings, and we have to see how we play. And, and up until yesterday, we weren't even positive the system we are going to play, the shape we're going to play, and the players we're going to put on the field. So we have a lot of talent. We're very deep, and um, we're, we're excited to start the first weekend with two high-level teams so that we can really see what we're about and also find some of the holes we need to plug moving forward introduce us to olivia your team captain i think she has a very unique story you know something that reflects you know what what's unique about the u.s naval academy and what is cool about the physical mission you know introduce us to your team captain for the 2022 season olivia has brought so much to this program she came to us as a walk-on you know in the recruiting phase we told her we're not sure we have a spot for you and we've always loved those kids that kind of say, well, I'm going to prove that I do, right? So she came in as a walk-on and tryout. She proved she really had a role here and, a, and a, could play a part and could really help us and bring something to the table. So um, her training mentality is off the charts. Uh, you probably can't find another player in the program that won't point to her as a motivation factor because it doesn't matter the minute she plays on or off the field. Um, inside, outside, in goal, on the field, it doesn't matter to Olivia. She's going to train so hard and bring everything she can with a passion every session. So um, it sticks out. It, it's prevalent among our group and in our program, and people know about it. So um, the leadership piece there is extensive, but she's also, you know, from a family with coaches um, in the ranks, so she understands the value of team and bringing a team together. So uh, she's brought, you know, we have a leadership group. It's our four first class. Um, and they're all, they've all been exceptional at making sure that the team's a priority. We're all here for the, t- the team. The decisions that are made are for the best of the program and the team. And they've been excellent at that. And that's what's important to us long-term is not the minutes and not the X's and O's. And it's how we build character and leadership in these mids. So when they go out off and serve, they're incredible leaders and this whole group um, with Livia at the head of the group has been phenomenal at all those little pieces. So speaking of incredible leaders who went out and did great things at the end of next month or at least they predict at the end of September a little picture right behind you here in your office Nicole Annapu Mann is going to go up in SpaceX. We've had her on the pod before you know an an excellent example of what a Naval Academy soccer player is all about. We've talked about Amy and what she's done in politics in Kentucky, Kristen Hansen helping the Top Gun aviators fly during the Much Ballyhooed Top Gun uh, movie. What does it mean to you that you have so many members of the Naval Academy women's soccer alumni out there doing great things like Nicole is going to do at the end of September? 
Uh, our alumni are so important to us. I mean, part of our vision statement is about playing for those that came before us and, and, those, and making a better place for those that come after. And um, every player on this team has a, a jersey history in their locker of every player that wore their jersey and who wore their number and their accolades and what they did. Um, it's important. We connect. And that's uh, another thing we learned during COVID is connect with alumni. We have alumni groups who speak with specific number of players monthly or however it works. They send them, um, they send them things in the mail and they connect and they help them when they graduate as well. So we're really proud of each and every one of them. They've all done spectacular things in their careers and their lives. Um, they have families. They've moved on. They've stayed in the service. They're all so diverse. Um, Nicole is special. You know, she is... Uh, on the Artemis team and she is supposed to be going late September. Um, I know Coach Blank and I are hoping it pushes back a little bit because we want to be there. Yeah. Um, we want to be at Cape Canaveral when she, when she, when she takes off. Um, and watching her training and, you know, we speak to her pretty frequently right now and seeing what she's going in the preparation and they're ready. And she's excited and she is going to, you know, she always talks about how it's not just about mankind, it's, you know, it's humankind, and it, you know, they're, globally they're, they're going to do big things for us. So we're excited, and I can't wait because she's been waiting for this opportunity, and I can't think of a more deserving human being than Nicole Otto. Yeah, the Naval Academy has certainly had the watch up in space. Caleb Barron, a former uh, track and field athlete, coming home, and now Nicole Mann uh, going up in late September, and hopefully Chris Cervello lives driver three wood from cape canaveral down there can work something out so we can watch her go up last question for you karen you mentioned the depth and the depth was recognized you were preseason number one in the patriot league i this is an audio medium so i i wish i could show everyone the presumptive eye roll that you're going to give me about being preseason ranked anything but what what are your expectations other than going to ncaa's which are always your expectations what style of play are we going to see what games are you going to circle on the calendar? I know I'm circling the brand new uh, Maryland team coming in on the 28th for a doubleheader here at Glen Warner at 8 p.m. for that uh, new coaching staff, new new style. We'll see what that's all about. But what are some of the things you're looking forward to, and and what kind of style of soccer are people going to see when they come out to Glen Warner this year? Well, I, I'm hoping we put a very pretty product on the field, right? Our community has always supported us. The midshipmen have always supported us. We love that. We love to have big crowds. We love to put a nice picture of soccer on the field, right? Um, I think we're very good as a coaching staff at teaching and coaching all different systems. Um, and we're fluid and seamless at changing from one to the next. It could be game to game, within a game, depending on the weather or the, the level of the opponent, all of that. Our players can play in any system and it doesn't phase them to switch from one to the next. So um, I can't give you a system because I know that there will be three or four that we use throughout the season. Um, you know, we're, I think we've taught them in the last couple of years, too, as well, um, to not really look past the game that's coming. So we have, you know, Army special. There's conference games that we consider our rivals as well as Army, and they're always big, important games. So um, we, we have to focus one at a time because every game matters, and they come fast and furious. You know, we have uh, five in the first, I think, you know, 12, 14 days. So. 21st, 23rd, 25th. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, they come fast and furious, and that's why we need to be mentally and physically prepared. We have to be deep, but we cannot look to the next game because we have to play well each game. And being a preseason favorite, the thing I like about it, teams come in to play us. No one's going to overlook us. They get fired up. They get excited. Um, we play fair, we play hard, we don't sit in, so I think we're usually a fun opponent. 
And we want to play teams at their best. If we want the best out of our group, of our program, out of, out of our results, we need to play teams that come into play. So I find it important that every team really it finds us a challenge and comes in to really get after it. And I'm excited to start. I'm excited to have um, some things go wrong so we can figure out how to fix them and move forward. And I'm excited about our, our non-conference schedule so that we can really get fine-tuned for for the, the Patriot League and the important games that will get us the NCAs. And it all gets started on Thursday night here at Glen Warner against the Citadel. Karen, as we go out, you and I both lost a great friend last month. Um, you know, just give me some parting words about what Commander T meant to you, how those final days you got to spend with him. Um, I know that Bill Wagner wrote about it in the Capitol, but you know, what, what did that mean to you to be able to say goodbye to someone who meant so much to you over the course of your entire time here? Well, you know, I've been, it's my 30th season and my first probably close to 20, um, Carl Tamulevich was my boss. He was at every game and I'm forever thankful for his influence. I love how he came on the field and he sat in a chair right next to the head coach and he'd yell and scream about what was going right, what was going wrong, he'd throw his opinions out there and just smile at me and just a wonderful human being that not only was he an incredible successful athlete at the Naval Academy and then Naval officer, but also what a boss. He fought for us, he would do whatever he could to help our program, um, he was always there for us, he, he was always present and he was a wonderful human being. You know, Lori, is, his wife, is, um, couldn't say enough about him as a person, and I want to make sure that that's highlighted as well as just his athletic career and what he meant to Naval Academy. But um, Carl, blew, he bled blue and gold. Um, everything was about the midshipmen. Everything was about the Naval Academy and how do we help the mids. And I'm forever thankful that he was a part of my life. That's a perfect way to end, ladies and gentlemen. Head coach of the Naval Academy women's soccer team, Karen Guevara. Stick with us. We're going to break. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, we are just about wrapped up with our soccer preview kickoff show. So let's start thinking about when you're going to attend Navy men's and women's soccer games. The next women's game is this Sunday, August 21st, as the women take on Western Carolina at 1 p.m. Then we look ahead to Thursday, August 25th, for that doubleheader that John mentioned. The Navy men's soccer team will open their season as they take on St. Joe's at 5 p.m. And then right after that game, the women will take on the Terps of Maryland in an in-state rivalry game. The first 500 fans in attendance at that game will receive a free pair of Thundersticks, which should make for an exciting environment as the Terps come into Glen Warner. And as a reminder, all Navy soccer games held at Glen Warner Soccer Facility are free to attend, so you have no reason not to come out. So we hope to see you there on Sunday and for that doubleheader on Thursday. Now back to the pod. Great interview with Karen there, Chris. Let's take it out, first of all, Tonight marks, this being Friday, tonight marks two for seven. The class of 2024 will sign on to complete their last two years at the Naval Academy and then comply with their five-year service commitment. This is a huge night for many of the mids. Congrats to all of you who are listening in advance for making the leap and taking the next step to joining the long blue line. Chris, any memories from your two for seven night? And really, I'm trying to establish the over-under on how many Hefeweizens Smiley served you at Reardon's after you had signed your papers. Well, first of all, I'm not sure uh, I knew what a Hefeweizen was at that point in my <laughs> my young life. Uh, it was more, uh, I, I think, 
cheap bud lights but uh oh, yeah that, miley poured those well as well right right they 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 flowed like wine uh that that night i was ready to go like i mean i don't even know that you really thought about it until after the fact right i, I think it was more like your first year that it hit you like whoa this is real right i mean you come back as a second class you're you, you know, now you're in charge of training the plebes. You, you've got so much on your mind. I, I just think I signed the papers and, you know, mo- moved on. I think I was most excited to get the, you know, they gave us, gave you those beer steins and, you know, like you said, yeah. head out on the town. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty interesting, you know, being on the yard uh, last night, seeing reform happening, watching firsties walk around with that look that you were describing um, it, it's just an excitement on the yard to do reform and then have two for seven right behind it. it. It's a special time. And one of those juniors, presumably, and hopefully signing those papers is Navy junior quarterback, Ty Lavatai, uh, who was just named to the 2022 Polynesian College Football Player of the Year watch list by the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. The award is presented annually to the most outstanding college football player of Polynesian ancestry. And as we said in pod zero, Ty had that look in his eye during media day, like he is going to make a difference this year and could possibly make a run at this really prestigious award. Congrats to Ty. And while Ty is Navy football's clear cut starting quarterback, the battle to be the primary backup is ongoing. Quarterbacks coach Ivan Jasper has seen some good and bad things out of senior Masai Maynard and junior Xavier Arline so far in the preseason. Speaking to the media last week, Jasper said Arline is still reacclimating to football after missing spring camp while playing lacrosse. And while Arline lost valuable practice time, Jasper supported his decision to play lacrosse and believed it was good for his confidence. Meanwhile, this is the last chance for Masai Maynard, who appeared in just four varsity games during his career, but is still in a position to really battle it out to be the primary backup. And as we know from very recent history and history writ large, that Navy quarterbacks get hurt. Um, Not all of them can be Keenan Reynolds and even Keenan dropped some games during his career. So being the backup and being a capable backup is very, very important. That's probably the biggest point of the pod. More than any other system, I think the triple, the backup and the triple option. I really yeah. think both backups and the triple option are critical. Not only do do they need to sort of battle it out to see who's number two on the depth chart, but their ability at a moment's notice to step in. You know, if Ty gets, uh, you know, his hands banged up, or you know, he he gets tied up uh, on, on a run, or or even if he just gets gassed in, in a big game. I mean, we've got to have both of these guys ready to play. Um, if we're going to exceed expectations. And Bill does a great job of kind of capturing that as, as you read it. Yeah, we're, we're not that far removed from that famous day that they had to call Malcolm Perry out of the stands wearing his whites to get in a uniform because there were injury issues at the quarterback position. This is a long storied history of next man up. And usually that next man up not only has to make a difference, but usually does make a difference. And when they don't make a difference, that's when Navy football's record turns into a losing record or a mediocre record versus a very good record and a trip to a bowl game. So, so yeah, like the coverage of this is important. I think that we've heard the Maasai Manor name, it seems like for eight years, you know, with COVID 
and the weirdness of time. Masai seems to have been like just always there. And then to read in Bill's story that he's only really played in four games was sort of astounding. Um, so it always seems like there are four to five guys on the depth chart at quarterback, including some newcomers in this plebe class. It, it, we'll see. We certainly hope that Ty doesn't lose any time. But Chris, history has shown, as you said, that that they've got to come in and be ready. There's a lot to watch for here, right? I mean, you, you know, Ty stepping in, really making that offense his own, and then either um, Xavier or Masai kind of, you know, solidifying the number two and number three positions so that that quarterback position can really be the, the position that other teams really fear. Um, and they can get our triple option off to a great start, uh, as we roll in with Delaware. Yeah. And a lot of us are probably fearful. I know I am of being called on our excitement last spring when Xavier started playing lacrosse and we were like, this is awesome. This is like the old days, you know, where football players also played lacrosse, you know, and and this is a great opportunity. He was like the number one lacrosse recruit. Let's see him play. And now if he's named the backup and if Ty gets hurt and Xavier comes in and does not play well, you know, wow, wouldn't the punditry really talk about like how much time for preparation was lost whilst he was on the lacrosse field? I don't know. You know, I, I I still stand by the fact that I love him playing lacrosse. I just hope that if he's called into the uh, backup role, that he's still able to produce there the way that he was able to produce on the lacrosse field. Yeah, the, I think this is one of those areas where you have to trust Coach Ken. You've, you've got to trust IJ and you got to trust Joe Amplo, right? I mean, this is why we have those caliber of coaches. And and, and I mean, in, in a lot of ways, you, you have to trust Xavier to you know, yeah, he may be behind where he would have been if he had done a full, uh, you, you know, spring ball season, but I think we'll be okay. I, I really do. Uh, we just have to watch it closely. Watch it closely, we will. And we will continue to recommend Bill Wagner's stories on the Capital Gazette. Bill will be returning to the next pod from his point break like summer in Ocean City, where he was surfing with Bodie and Johnny Utah. As always, we love having Bill's insights on this pod. That next pod will be released next Thursday, August 25th, and will feature an exclusive interview with new Naval Academy Alumni Association President Jeff Webb. Until then, good luck to Navy women's soccer who face Western Carolina Sunday and Marymount University Tuesday before the big men's and women's soccer doubleheader next Thursday with the men facing St. Joe's at 5 p.m. and the women facing the Terps of Maryland at 8 p.m. For Wats and Ward, and Bull. I'm John. Until next week, we are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segment. Thank you.